0: It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome to the Stinkin Truth Podcast. Uh Mark Schlereth alongside my uh co-host Mike Evans Scott Dehub producing the show. Um my oh man, opening weekend of the NFL. It did not disappoint Mike. It was tremendous. So, it was
1: great. So do we do we just immediately just dive into overreaction? You know, I mean it happens, right? Sure. Week one, we overreact to everything. So yeah. what do you want to overreact to first?
0: Um, well, we could overreact to the Cowboys are the greatest team that's ever (laughs) laced them up. How about that? Well, when
1: I pit, we did our picks last week and I said Cowboys in the NFC championship game and Mm. you were like, Ooh, I hadn't thought about that, but, uh, actually I, I, I I came away feeling pretty good about the way, how about them Cowboys?
0: I listen, I thought they were unreal. I, I, here's what I thought Here's what I thought. offensively. When you look at what the Cowboys were able to accomplish, okay, one, how do you want us to beat you? You know, you want us to physically bludgeon your ass? We could do that. We got the guys up front. We got the hogs or the horses up front on the offensive line. We got a running back who is an absolute hammerhead. I mean, he's unbelievable in Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, uh, wait, wait, whoa, whoa. You want us to finesse you? All right. You know, Dak Prescott can get that done. We've got the receiving core and Amari Cooper and Gallup, the kid from, what, Colorado State, right? We, we've got that we've got that tied together. I mean, this offense, let's just talk offensively, right? Now, defensively, they gave up a bunch of yards to the New York Giants, and, and they didn't look great, but they're young, and they're a talented football team, and I think they'll play better. I, I, I do. But offensively, man, they were exceptional. And here's what I loved. One, Dak Prescott. Threw the ball on time, on target, and I mean it was out. It was out in under two seconds, and it was deadly accurate on these slants in the middle of the football field. He was tremendous. He threw the deep ball that, and, and threw guys open that were completely covered. I thought he was I thought he was as good as it gets. I really did. I was just like so impressed. And I'll tell you this then they pick up Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb is a slot guy as a gadget guy is way better than what they had there in Cole Beasley. I mean, like, this guy not only can run routes, can get open, can do all those things, but the jet sweeps, the ghost sweeps, the bubble screens, the. I mean, he can run it out of the backfield. He lined up back in the day in Green Bay and ran it like a tailback out of the backfield. There's nothing this guy can't do to give you that kind of that kind of gadgetry or, or that kind of kind of change of pace type of play that he is capable of bringing you. So, I mean, I thought that was exceptional. Ezekiel Elliott spends the whole, you know, we should all go and spend all that time in Cabo because he came out and was an absolute hammerhead, beating people down, three down back, caught a screen, was explosive in the screen game. And I'm telling you, one of the things that impressed me the most, and I thought this about Ezekiel Elliott when he came out of college, Man, he had a blitz pickup where he absolutely tried to destroy somebody, just shortened the neck of the defender. I mean, it was like he try he tries to hurt people. And like this is NFL, so that's a good thing. I mean, he literally like this uh, Mike, it's a complete off it's as good as an offense. I, I I'll go this far and I've watched you know, I've watched a bunch of the games. I've gone through probably over half of the games fully. Um since Sunday, and that to me was the the best offense I watched. And that includes the New England Patriots. Better than who, the Patriots. Who ate up the Steelers, yeah. Yeah, that includes the New England Patriots. That's how good I thought that offense was.
1: Ooh, okay. So the, the hype surrounding the Cowboys, legit. Uh, We'll get to the Patriots in a second, but what about those Browns? What about Baker Mayfield? Oh my gosh. And, and look, I, I don't I'm not going to overreact to what happened to them against the Titans, mm-hmm. but I will be honest. There was a part of me that really enjoyed watching Baker and the Browns fall flat on their face in Game One. After all the hype, after not refusing any magazine cover requests, <laughs> right? After after getting out based on what I saw in Monday Night Football and, and doing uh, every commercial. That was thrown your way. Yeah. And, and then to have them come out afterwards, have Baker come out and say, Hey, man, I don't I don't know what people are talking about. We don't pay any attention to that. Uh, you know, all this, we'll, we'll just throw this in the trash. And uh, if nobody believes in us, fine. Nobody. Will. What? Now Now right. you're playing then nobody believes in us card? After all you did in the offseason was just perpetuate the idea of bring it on. Bring it on. Give us all you want. We'll take it. The hype is real. Yeah. What happened to the hype is real, Mark? Yeah,
0: the hype is real. You know what? All you haters out there gonna hate you know watch us now I, I i'm telling you what there haven't been many times that i've openly rooted against the team i got enough snark in me mike <laughs> you'll I'm admit it of, yeah i'll admit it i'm kind of yeah. openly you know as good a story as they were last year they've become they how quickly can you grow annoying yeah like Right, right. Overnight. I mean, they, became, you, they became annoying from, overnight. You go from being this kind of Cinderella story to just an annoying, like, a pest. Like, yeah. get out of here, kid. Yeah. Like, and I'm with you. The hype is real. The hype is real. Buy into the hype. Like, read my magazine. You know, I was taken out of context. Blah, 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 blah. And now all sudden, nobody believes in us. We'll rally around because we know the men in this locker room. I mean, here's the problem with Cleveland Browns. Are you about the steak or are you about the sizzle? Because this offseason, you know what you've been about? The sizzle. I don't go to a fine steak restaurant just to hear the sizzle and go, wow, boy, am I satisfied. Okay, what's the bill for the sizzle? Oh, $100 for the sizzle? Take, I'll have a plate of sizzle, please. No, I want a freaking steak. You know what I'm saying? I want steak. I want to eat it. I want to taste it. I want to feel it in my mouth. I just don't want to smell the sizzle or hear the sizzle. So the bottom line is, what are you guys about? And I said this. You know, I said this coming into the season. It's a lot easier to deal with adversity than it is success. Success ruins people. We could do a whole segment or a whole show on AB and how he's changed once once he, you know, hits some success. What a pain in the ass he's been. Since he got notoriety and success and Instagram followers and whatever else the case may be, you got your starting wide receiver that apparently has signed some type of, um, you know, endorsement deal, who's out there playing, getting his ass whipped by another team with a three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Is that what I read? Three hundred and fifty thousand dollar watch yep. on his wrist. Yep, which clearly is a violation of the NFL uniform code. They, they, you know, the officials didn't see it, but it's clearly, it's clearly, you're not supposed to do it. But, but what? Did that is that sizzle or is that steak, Mike? Is that about going out and winning a game or securing an endorsement deal? Yeah. Like Look, where I, are your freaking priorities?
1: I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not rooting for this to happen all year because I really love Cleveland as a sports town, and, and mm. I, I want them. To be able to enjoy Browns football again. So Mm -hmm. I'm not rooting for this to happen all season long. But I do want this team humbled a little bit. And and to have them knock down a peg or two early. Yeah. I I watched all that unfold on Sunday with a certain smirk on my face. I had a smirk on my face. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it.
0: But like you, you can't champion the hype is real all offseason, and and, you know we're gonna make uh, 18 million commercials, and we're gonna do all this stuff. And Cleveland is you know a Super Bowl champion, and and we're you know we're going Super Bowl or bust, and then come out and play the victim when you play like garbage, right? Garbage. So that's all I'm saying, and that's like they're gonna have to prove. Um, to me and to everybody else, and to you and and to their fan base, and most importantly to themselves in the locker room, you can sit there and say, "We know what the men in this locker room are about." Um, but but guess what? That's like you know that's like the games aren't played on paper. You know what you're gonna have to do? You're gonna have to go out and actually execute, and and you failed to do that an opening weekend because you got trounced. Look- by come on. By a team in Tennessee, does anybody believe in Marcus Mariota no, and the Titans? No. Now, listen, he's playing his fifth year options. The Titans don't believe in no. Marcus Mariota in the Titans.
1: You know, I I hear people say, "Well, you want to draft a quarterback in the first round because the fifth year option is so valuable." No, it isn't. It, it look look at all these quarterbacks that teams have decided after three years that it's time to pay them: Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. Uh, it's going to happen with Mahomes. It'll probably happen with Deshaun Watson. If if a quarterback ever gets to the fifth year, it's a screaming red flag that. We don't know. We have our doubts. Yes. Uh, We're we're, we're hope. We'll we'll extend it into that fifth year. Hope against hope that maybe it clicks. Yeah, maybe sure aren't sure.
0: Yeah, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. You know, uh, will Mitchell Trubisky be playing in that fifth year option? Like, come on. Like, you're 100% right. If you're worth a shit, you're getting a new contract. Well, before that fifth year. Right yeah absolutely so we'll see exactly how that uh how that pans out but i you know i listen man as a as a like like i love jesus i'm a christian um but i did like i i'm not i'm i'm not proud of the fact that i took some perverse (laughs)
1: pleasure oh come on it's human nature well i think i think you know what i mean i don't know if it's Biblical, but you know, pride goeth before the fall, and
0: yeah, that is that's uh, okay. That's I a, just went yeah. biblical on you, yeah,
1: and you think no that's I true. just think the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield just maybe showed a little bit too much pride.
0: You think that's where it is? You think they were just a little bit too proud of their quote unquote accomplishments? Yeah, um, a little too much uh, ego,
1: right there. A little too much ego.
0: Yeah. And Speaking of ego.
1: Yeah. Speaking of ego. Now I know you. You are you are somebody that. Believes in doing things the right way uh, playing the game the right way Mm -hmm. Being the right kind of teammate all of that. Yeah, how do you feel about a guy like Antonio Brown? who Made everything about himself did everything the wrong way and Still ended up getting rewarded for it. I mean the guy I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? There was no way the New England Patriots were ever going to be able to pull off a trade with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They weren't going to do it. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like Antonio Brown orchestrated this whole thing to get out of Oakland. And ends up in in a great situation, a situation that he maybe wanted to be in all the time. So is there is there a part of you that is just absolutely disgusted that that kind of behavior gets rewarded?
0: Yes, there is. You know, there's part of me that hopes because um, if he didn't get permission to tape John Gruden's phone call in the state of California, that's illegal. And there was part of me that hopes that he gets prosecuted on that, right? And maybe he gets suspended for a couple of games. There's there's part of me, and there's so there's part of me that's absolutely disgusted, right? And I heard one of the funniest things I've ever heard on uh, it was on Twitter. I can't take credit for it, but it says he's a perfect fit. Antonio Brown's a perfect fit for uh, for the New England Patriots because he illegally taped the coach, <laughs> like you know, da da. Um, but you know, there's part of me that's absolutely disgusted by all these actions and there's part of me that goes yeah you know what well played you didn't want to go there you didn't have the authority to nix the trade or whatever the case may be so you went And then you said, man, I don't like the way this contract is structured. I don't really want to be here. I don't think the Raiders are going to be good enough to actually win a championship. And the one place that reached out to me that wanted me, but we couldn't work a trade out was the New England Patriots. How can I get myself there? I mean, I I know that we'll never find out about the tampering that's been involved, but come on. Like, you think there wasn't, you didn't think this, that there were conversation. You don't think there's some type of tampering going on between Rosenhaus, the agent, and the New England Patriots and everything else. I mean, I have no idea, but I would just assume that there's some violation somewhere um, if, if anybody were willing to dig deep enough, which they probably aren't. But here's the beauty of this, because, you know, Antonio Brown has been allowed by the Pittsburgh Steelers, that organization, Coach Mike Tomlin, to be a petulant child. He's been enabled. His pitch lunch has been enabled because when he came in as a six-round draft choice, I'm telling you what, he wasn't this way. Like everybody who played with him, and I've talked to multiple guys who said, man, hardest worker, like on time, all that stuff. Now he's perpetually late. He doesn't show up to things. You know, he doesn't feel like he has to. Uh, Bill Belichick does not suffer fools. And if you show up late, you're just going to be sent home. Remember when Darrell Revis showed up late because of a snowstorm and he was late to practice? They just sent him home. That was Darrell Revis. Like, you don't get to play. Go home. You can't show up on time. The snow is not an excuse. Like, there is not going to be an excuse. And Tom Brady has allowed those coaches, he has given them permission to coach him hard, to cuss him out in team meetings in front of everybody because now everybody is going to be held accountable to that same standard of excellence. And that's the New England Patriots. Here's what's the most, like, so to me, first off, just to clean up the discussion about Antonio Brown, he's going into a situation where he needs them. For the first time in his career, he needs them, well, the second time in his career. When he was drafted as a sixth-rounder, he needed the Pittsburgh Steelers more than they needed him. When he exploded on the scene and became a superstar, guess what? They needed him more than he needed them, and he had the upper hand. Now he's in a situation where the, the New England Patriots go, we're going to win with or without you. We don't really give a crap, right? So either toe the company line and do what you're told to do, or guess what? You don't get to play.
1: Okay, so from that standpoint, it works. He fits in. Yeah. But what about just on the football field?
0: Do you, is this a good fit? Mike, he is. Yes. I how can uh, It's a good fit in that he is the one most ball. dynamic.
1: There's one ball.
0: Is there enough, I, I enough get to it. go around? Remember, Randy Moss came in there and, and lit it up. 20-some-odd touchdown catches and blah, 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 blah. Like, there is, yeah. Because you know why? Because that's an unselfish football team. Now, what about that one game where the New England Patriots go, hey, it's not about our strength. It's about the other team's weakness. And here's the weakness, and this is how we're going to attack it. And, you know, our running backs are going to get 37 carries between the two of them, and um, they're going to have 228 yards, and we're going to bludgeon the other team. And guess what, Antonio, you're going to get three targets this week. Mm -hmm. Can Antonio live with that, or does he go on the sideline and and pout? Well, Here's the deal. If you go on the sideline and pout, we'll just get ready. Right. Well, And and you
1: can't help but – Feel the comparisons to Randy Moss and and Moss came in and was a model citizen, mm-hmm. put up record setting seasons. They went 18 and 0 before finally losing in the Super Bowl. It worked out great until even Moss finally said, you know, enough's enough. And he, he, he sort of forced his way out of uh, New England because of uh, because of his behavior and because he didn't like his role. He ended up getting moved to Minnesota and his, his career pretty much uh, flamed out after that. But it did work for a while. It did work for a while, and Mm. I I see no reason why it won't work for a while here.
0: Yeah, I think I think it will. He, I mean, he started in Minnesota. Did he finish in Minnesota too? Yes. Really, I don't even remember that part. Yeah, he got
1: traded. They traded him uh, to Minnesota during the season.
0: I don't even. I I remember them getting rid of him, and he had, you know, he. He started to quote,
1: complain about his role and yeah,
0: yeah. worn out his welcome yeah. so to speak. So yeah, I don't I, but I just don't even remember him going back to me. I remember sitting on the bench and basically just giving up in Oakland. Um kind of like Antonio Brown. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. There is a there's a real comparison it's here. Uncanny. Both of them were in Oakland and they both gave up. <laughs> like Oakland does that to you, yes. right? Oh. Uh, hey. Quit on life, Raider Nation. Feeling yeah. pretty good after Monday night. Oh my gosh! Hey, let me get r- right back really quick before we go to Raider Nation. He actually
1: finished up, by the way, with uh, Minnesota and Tennessee.
0: Okay, so before we get to Raider Nation, because
1: and San Francisco,
0: gosh, the road less traveled or more traveled in this in this case. Anyhow, um, I think one thing about New England a- and watching them, you know, throttle Pittsburgh. And I you know, I thought this was funny. I was talking to Pat McAfee who who has unbelievable podcasts and does a great job, former punter of the Indianapolis Colts, and he was like he's like, you know, they got rid of all their issues, right? Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh gone, you know, addition by subtraction, Antonio Brown. Gone. Addition by subtraction. Now we're going to be more focused. The one problem that they didn't think about was New England Patriots is, is like their their daddy. Like They just absolutely whip the Pittsburgh Steelers every time they show up to play, especially in Foxborough. But here's the interesting thing. You look at the unselfish nature of the New England Patriots. This is what sets them apart from every, every other team, um, in my mind. The best coached, the least selfish— the most team-oriented, the most what-do-I-have-to-do-to-help-us-win, not what-do-I-have-to-do-to-help-myself-compile-stats-team-in-the-National-Football-League. And I look at their defense. Mike, you I'm, I'm watching them play defense. The amount of discipline, the amount of execution, the amount of being on your spot and playing your technique to perfection is what they do. They don't get themselves out of position. They don't allow explosive plays against them. If you're going to beat the New England Patriots, you're going to have to out-execute them for 12 plays in a row and finally get a score. Otherwise, you're just not going to beat them. And, you know, case in point, Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins is an all-pro linebacker when he plays for New England. He does something to piss the Patriots off. So one night he's, you know, he's 7 and 0. He's in New England. And the next night he's 0 7 and he's in the Cleveland Browns. He's in the Witness Relocation Program. Like nobody can find him for several years. And then I think he's a cut. He comes back to New England and he was outstanding on, on Sunday night and Sunday night football. That's what the Patriots do. They do it better than anybody else. All right. So <laughs> here I am.
1: I'm looking at the NFC and I see literally. What, six, seven teams? Dallas, Philly, Green Bay, Minnesota, New Orleans, the Rams. I won't even completely bury Chicago, even though they do have Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback. But I got like seven teams I could see in the NFC championship game. But in the AFC, do we just book it? New England, Kansas City. Here we go again. Round two.
0: I I think so. I mean, one, you got New England, the, the most disciplined, buttoned up execution team in football. And then. You've got the Kansas City Chiefs with this dynamic I mean just dynamic playmakers all over the offensive side. I think Tyreek is uh, is injured for a while, but the most dynamic playmakers all over the place. A great play designer and play caller in Andy Reid. Uh, yeah, I mean those those are that's the class of the AFC. I don't think there's any question. It's those two and everybody else.
1: Well, I give ourselves credit. Uh, everybody else is overreacting, and we did not fall into that trap. We never do that. No, we we're just cold. We're just cold-blooded, sober.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> the way we operate uh, until about seven o'clock tonight. Then I'm going to be cold-blooded. <laughs> Buzz, how about that <laughs> <laughs> all right for everybody involved in the sneaky truth podcast from my partner mike our producer scott we uh appreciate you guys we'll be back with you later on in the week to uh, wrap it up and you know what we have to do uh somebody reminded me mike we have to do our um our picks against the spread right oh that's
1: right we didn't do that this week what do okay. we call
0: those what do we i forget what we called those
1: um uh our fearless picks that tend to be wrong
0: yeah fearless more picks than that not. tend to be like, picks against the spread that we do sometimes,
1: sometimes and it's no longer sponsored not okay,
0: whatever day. it is. Uh, thanks for listening to the program. We'll talk to you guys later on in the week.